And with that being said, uh, there will no be talking of genitalia in this week's episode. Welcome Hutu, welcome Tootsie. There's no, there's no plural, it's just one. Yeah, of and if you, if you want to do that Tootsie roll and TikTok it, we'll be happy to watch. <laughs> uh, you've got our Facebook page, send it to us. Yeah. So we were just talking about habits and particularly eating. And uh, you, were, you were trying to dissect why you may eat in a way um, like the uh, ninth child of a nine-child family eats. Otherwise, there will be no food uh, for them uh, on the table. Yeah, so that is, uh, that is me. I've, uh, I, for, the long, for as long as I can remember myself, I eat very fast. Um, and uh, like unhealthily fast. Like I, I just shove food down my throat and I can... Uh, like a boa constrictor, finish a meal with one bite, uh, and uh, and and I've, I've I've been dissecting it that it's it like you know you wonder where it comes from. I'm an only child. I've never been in a situation of hunger, so there's no there's there's none of that. But uh, I wonder if it comes from somewhere else, which is that uh, I would eat alone most of my life. And okay. uh, when eating around other people, it sort of forces you to be vulnerable. It's something we take for granted. I mean, there's nothing, you could argue there's nothing vulnerable about eating, but uh, I think there is something vulnerable about it. And I choose to sort of go through it very quickly so that I can then focus my attention on somebody else and not be seen shoving things into my, uh, Let's call it my head orifice. Oh, oh! You see, so you already went there. And once you open, once you open the the gateways to genitalia, you uh, compel me to to do similar. Um, because I, I I wasn't going to bring this up, but as you were talking, I was thinking there might be a direct correlation here to um, uh, people's masturbation habits that they picked up uh, in youth, where they try to hurry themselves through it so quickly as mm. to, to either not get caught is one uh, common theory um, or perhaps real life experience from one of your talkers or two uh, shame, some, some element of shame in what they were doing. Yeah. So as wow, opposed a good to a, point. a long drawn out process of thoroughly enjoying your 14 year old masturbatory body. It's just something that you've got to do and get over with quickly. And, and, and that they think leads to, other sexual dysfunctions as you get older, which yeah. now makes me think that some of those guys in, in those porn clips I see that are having sex for like 30 minutes, perhaps they were just wonderful, youthful masturbators because I am uh, confused how they're able to continue doing that without the releasing their seed. I'm going to go with medication. <laughs> <sighs> so, Bringing that back to the, the eating habit, do you, do you think as we analyze this, is there anything that that may be related to in terms of your, like, do you think you're eating fast because you didn't want um, to, to be seen eating or you felt bad about eating? Yeah, yeah I think it's the first one. I think it's, uh, again, that's the part where I, it's beyond my ability to see it. I could just feel the, um, maybe the, the source of it, which is uh, that, that it, that that you know you could argue that it's a very personal thing when you put stuff into your body so i mean it's just con it's just socially accepted like we 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 are totally like as as humans we are totally okay with the fact that we sit next to people and we 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 shove things into our mouths but we are not okay with um showing you know the things coming out of our body uh so it somehow it, it seems like it's a very uh random sort of 
um, uh, decision that one thing is considered non-shameful and the other one is considered shameful. Do you think, um, uh, so you think maybe I, I inverted those? Yeah, maybe I inverted those. So yeah, well, no, I didn't invert those. I consider <laughs> yeah, the other one. So if too. you if you inverted that, then you you have no problem shitting or barfing or. Um, yeah, I'm doing that. I'm doing that right now. Blowing I'm mucus. In the middle of a yeah, I'm in the middle of a square right now. I'm doing that. Oh man, that, I don't think we listeners needed to know that. I mean, there we we have people in parts of Polynesia right now that are incapable of squatting in the field and. Uh, listening uh, on a phone at the same time so that that's it right. just seems unfair yeah um do, do you feel then with a really wonderful analysis you just gave that perhaps humanity might be less hypocritical and more evolved if we simply um ate in front of each other as well as shat in front of each other uh i i uh i, feel, I mean it's a good point like not even trying to be I don't funny know. yeah why, why I mean, is it like but let me push it back to you because yeah. you are you are witness to two children uh, who are this is at the forefront of like it seems like everything that you're trying to educate them right and in a uh, and in a, it, and a lower voice I also saw my wife shit on the floor in front of me while she was giving birth. Well, there you go. So where so what what is what like you are you are in the front lines of this so maybe you could give a little bit of an assessment of, about it because because you're educating people to follow that when you say educating people you mean the two small children that call me daddy the two small children yes oh, or my, my <laughs> or my or my cult following of 17 on my abandoned twitter feed yeah well either you can choose either all right well i don't know who those people are anymore so um i no longer pay my residuals to the bangladeshi uh info form um do you are you trying to find out how am i doing the teaching or, or what um how what does that mean um well are you are you, so as a starting point are you do you give it any thought or are you blindly following the obvious rule and and i agree with the obvious rule but but since we're on it like the obvious rule that you know they need to be potty trained uh they need to put on clothes like what where is the uh, where i guess where you're like uh you really enjoy sort of breaking those rules good questions and i also like how you totally reframe this conversation from your your eating habits <laughs> to my child raising so very clever i'll give you that um but i made a note not to forget the delving further into your eating habits um you know i think this is partly where i i see uh, a very stereotypical male-female dynamic, at least take part in my, in my household, um, which is to say, like, I, I'm totally fine with my kids shitting and pissing at will. And, and they're a little older now, but there's you know, still kid, little kids, you know, wiping their ass when they need it. And if there's whatever piss or shit on the, on the floor, puke, just cleaning it up. Um, but also with not putting clothes on. So, I can care less if they wear their clothes. The only rule I have, and I think I've talked about this before, they're a boy and a girl, and when they sleep with each other, what they like to do, they've got to wear underwear. And I think, mm. I think ingrained, I have a fear of just some type of incest taking place. Wow. Yeah, it's weird. I don't care about like, they make obviously any kind of like genitalia joke or anything. I, I, I should laugh. Sometimes I don't to not encourage it. But uh, nothing, nothing they do related to the body bothers me. But I just have this one thing when they go to bed 
go to bed naked by yourself, but with your sister or brother, you wear underwear. I don't, I, I don't know. I have this irrational fear of them, like, you know, <laughs> copulating. Yeah, it's a, I, think it's a, I think it's an interesting fear to have. I, I know someone whose first sexual experience was with her sister. See? Uh, and, and, I, and I wonder if that's a common thing, actually. Yeah, and I'm sure to a degree there, there's something healthy about it. Um, I don't know why. It's silly. But so, but so in this male-female spectrum, on the opposite, my wife gets very freaked out about uh, certain things. And one of them is, like, the kids might go outside when it's warm out in their underwear. And I don't mean, like, go into the supermarket, but, you know, like, go out on the sidewalk or in front of the house or, you know, go talk to someone walking by the window. Um, and I, I could care less, you know, and, uh, you know, she's very worried about it. Um, and, and from two aspects, one is the societal view of it, as in other people are going to think it's inappropriate, um, which I've never given a shit about. And two is a real angle I haven't thought about, which is um, pedophiles, that there are yeah. certain people who may be passing by or who may live in the vicinity that know that your child does this and they're almost like waiting for them, not in a kidnapping way, but just to, to take lewd photographs and, and use them. Um, mm. And again, I don't know. I almost find that complimentary. Like you like my kid and enjoy yourself. Just don't touch. Don't touch. Social distance yourself, please. Um, and if you, you don't go all Beverly D'Angelo like vacation and put it on big billboards. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think I'm okay with it. Um, I don't know. Does that give you any insight into your uh, eating habits? <laughs> Yeah, I realize it's because of pedophiles. Um, <laughs> is, it, I, is, this, is this all because you're the, the cousin that you had uh, slept with you uh, one too many times? <laughs> I don't know. Is a thousand times too many times? Um, I, I mean, everyone yeah, does have that one cousin they like, though. So I, I, I don't know where that fits into this whole paradigm. <laughs> That's so true. Everyone, so true. Everyone, has, everyone has one, oftentimes not yeah. more than one. Everyone has that one cousin. And sometimes they're ideally like a couple of, you know, family members removed and you just always wanted to get yeah. with them. And sometimes you may have gone a little <laughs> far at some gathering and looked in the drawers, <laughs> looked in the window, you've done something that might have been a little bit, uh, you know, pushing the boundaries. I'm not talking like dry humping when they're sleeping, but, you know, a little bit before that stage. So outside of the cousin, the cousin conundrum, as it's known in uh, sociological circles by those who study this, bored uh, PhD students who can't find a thesis, what, uh, what are you thinking about the eating? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it, uh, like everything, it's also a, a combination of things because I, I also find a way of, I think, I learned uh, last week or in the last few weeks, I'm very disconnected from uh, my body. Okay. So I'm, you know, I'm a very thinking kind of person. I think all the time and I'm, uh, and that's, as you grow older, I think that becomes a bit more of a problem because oh, you do need to give your body some attention. So, uh, so I'm working on that. Like I'm taking, uh, or I'm supposed to take, uh, moments in the, in the day where I, I, I focus just on breathing. I mean, these are common things that most, that many adults do not most, uh, but I think this, this also connects to, for example, I, I think I remember bragging to you a little bit about my, the fact that, that I'm, I've been doing intermittent fasting since I was like 
12. Yeah, um, you don't, you don't that, eat for like that, two or three hours or something. Yeah. Well, without, <laughs> without knowing what it's called. So I don't eat from, you know, traditionally from like, you know, the evening before until uh, lunch and sometimes late lunch the next day. Yeah. That's a, you know, it's a good like 16 hours or, or more. And, uh, and I think I've learned to sort of ignore the, the body sort of saying I'm hungry or the body uh, uh, needing something. And then when I do eat, I'm genuinely hungry. So I, I'm like, you know, ravaging the food. And so maybe this is another good example of like, you know, thinking, thinking too much and thinking I got this, but actually not just not giving too much attention to the body uh, and, and maybe overthinking it. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely get that. I find that with sleep, actually. I do that a lot with sleep. You know, I, I should be going to bed, I don't know, probably 10 o'clock at night or something. And I'll often doze off with one of my kids or, or something similar. And then when I get up, I'm so used to having, when I was younger, just stayed up very late, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the yeah. morning, um, that I still do that. But what I've done is I've, I've forced myself through my natural sleep cycle and um, I haven't come to grips with it, like the ego, because I feel partly I feel like I'm wasting that part of the night by going to sleep. Yeah, um, yeah. I so resonate I think, with that. Yeah. So maybe that's similar to what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it comes from there. It's sort of like you're using that opportunity to rebel, even though the rebellion is actually bad for you. You're mm -hmm. just rebelling against yourself and you don't really need to. Yeah. I think we should change the title of the show to uh, two midlifers, <laughs> two midlifers and a microphone. <laughs> the next episode starts with, are you thinking about death a lot? <laughs> Have you called someone recently and said how nice it's been to know them? Yeah. <laughs> Do you find yourself fantasizing about the afterlife? Maybe wondering, what's that? Are you counting the years you have left and thinking about how you can strategize to make them really count? <laughs> Are you seeing one article after the other explaining how it's only going to get worse and thinking <laughs> maybe now wouldn't be such a bad time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you, what, what you this said- This shows for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you said before about being disconnected from your body, were, were you talking about um, the, your, your state of feeling or your physical body? Uh, well, everything's connected, but, but the physical body, yeah. Because I've had through my own therapy in, in the midlife now, um, learned how intellectual I am and that my... Um, my mind is so left-sided that I'm I, like, I'm really cut off from being empathic. You know, I used to joke after college, you know, in colleges they do um, like recruiting fairs and all these companies would come. And, and I knew even at that age, that I had no interest like in the corporate world, but the one organization I, 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 um, I attempted to interview for was the CIA. Mm -hmm. I never told you this. And the reason was, ah. is, the reason was, and I think it's what led me to travel for so many years and, and never feel uncomfortable in other environments is that I felt so disconnected. Like I, I had, I had no, 
the, uh, the idea of empathy didn't exist. The idea of feeling bad for a human being who didn't have as much as I did, the idea of really just caring was non-existent. Like I just had zero care. And it's only recently has it even come to, uh, you know, some level of some semblance of anything um, through a lot of help. Um, and so, so I can relate to that aspect, but, but you're a very, I find you're very empathic. So, um, I, I guess you don't suffer from that. This sounds like it might be more of a physical thing because well, I was, you know, it's, it's interesting because maybe that's, maybe that's the other side of the, of uh, the coin. So the, the extreme side is, is maybe because I consider myself, again, I could be wrong, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm so empathic. You are. That I actually, I think about these things a lot, maybe even too much. Uh -huh. And I think about these things of other people and how things affect them, not just my actions, but in general, I'm super in tune with body language and, and, and people reacting in certain ways. And uh, uh, it, it, it just fills my brain. It, it, it reaches a point where it's sometimes hard for me to compartmentalize, to just say, you know what, that's, that happened there and now I'm somewhere else and I can, you know, be in this other space and truly be there. But I, I actually, I'm, so I'm presenting to you what would happen if you went completely in the opposite direction and overly empathized with everything. Mm. For me, it's actually a, 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 a thinking empathy. So it's about, so it's maybe it's a different type of empathy because you would argue empathy is really about feeling something. So I feel what other people might be going through. And then I think about how to solve that problem or strategize around it or get whatever needs to be, to be gotten done. And that's, that creates maybe a different problem, which is inability to compartmentalize which again connects to the original problem, which is cannot seem to uh, give my body any thought because I'm so busy with thinking about other things. Gotcha. So have you found, have you found any type of uh, metric or, or not even a metric, like a, like a technique that works to help you find a little bit of balance? Like, do you sometimes see somebody that you meet and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to care about the lesions forming on their face or the, or the, you know, whatever, but you know, something like that, where you just, you, you have to like pull yourself away from investing your energy in them. Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I actively, I actively need to make that choice. So it's uh, so it's, it's a genuine thought process that says, I mean, something like, do I really want to like, can I disconnect from this person because there's just too much work happening here? Or there's like, can you, can you share, can you share an can you share an example of something you can recall in the last week or two where, you know, and it could be super minor where, where something happened in this respect and that you had to pull yourself away from? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have a, uh, there's, there's, there's someone who I sometimes work with, uh, that I've, like, I, I didn't know them that well, but every time I meet with them, it's pretty much them speaking for 80% of the time about themselves. And, 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 and a, a certain dynamic is forming of this, like, dependency on my opinions or whatever, but then it's really like a therapy session. And you, at first, it's very flattering, like, wow, a person actually cares what I think, but, um, but then you realize this is, this is, 
this is deadly. I mean, this, this is clearly a, a, a repetitive pattern. It's not something that this person, uh, that I'm special here, like this person probably does this with a lot of people. And uh, I, I cannot, I have to distance myself from this person. I cannot be that, you know, I mean, the equivalent would be, I think, if you've ever uh, crossed the street to avoid someone, uh, you know, for whatever reason, because you just oh. don't feel like saying no to a homeless person or you don't feel like encountering someone. It's, I get it. During, know, we, COVID, we during COVID, that. I do this at least six or seven times a day <laughs> because I, 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 don't, I don't believe in wearing a mask when I'm out in public and I'm not hanging out with people. So yeah. other people don't think the same. So to just make it easy, I cross the street or walk away from them. So there's no fear. Um, yeah. But I, I think I know what you mean. Um, so, so yeah. with this, with this person, did you, was it someone you used to basically give the, the time of day to, and now you sort of find yourself emotionally pulling away from? Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess, uh, I mean, like this person isn't that close. It's just the most recent example that I have. Uh, but it's, it's just a, a very quick strategy, like an awareness of, wow, I'm just, this person's just draining. I don't need to do this. Like, I don't. I don't need, to, I'm, I don't work for this person. I don't need this friendship. I can, uh, I can just not, not partake in this. So there's, there's an immediate assessment there. Yeah. And do you think that's the type of thing that, you know, several years ago, or definitely when you were younger that you were just unaware of? Well, I mean, I'll give you another example, which, which is connected. So after I met with this person, uh -huh. uh, for like two hours, uh, I was walking back home and uh, it was raining and I was just exhausted from this person and from the rain. And then another person who often calls me uh, to be, uh, you know, because their, their life is a mess and uh, they need kind of like uh, support. Gotcha. Uh, and I just, and, and in the past, I would answer the, the phone and just kind of accept it and just say, all right, well, yeah, tell me more or whatever. But this time I actually made a, a, a choice for myself, for my body, for my energy by saying, uh, uh, hey, uh, you know, good to hear you, but uh, I, I don't have uh, the energy right now. Can we talk again another day? And, uh, and that's new to me. Like that's that, even that way of, of, wow. of so communicating. Wow, so you, you actually said the word energy versus like I'm busy or can I call you back? You were, you were very honest is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I was. I mean, I didn't say, I didn't go as far as saying, you drain me from energy. But I, I think I said something like, I, I'm currently drained, so I don't have a lot of space to, to speak with you right now. So, you know, I made, yeah. I made it about my current situation, not about them. Uh, but, but yeah, but that was awesome. That really uh, felt great because on one hand, it, it made myself available to that person briefly. Uh, but then, you know, it, it explained uh, the scenario in, in a very concise way and, and, and allowed me to find my energy. I mean, the first mistake is not realizing how, uh, how draining that first person was. But uh, that happens. And what, and what about those people? Like everybody knows that that kind of person who um, it can be very draining on you. Like what, what should those people get besides a therapist? Like like society can't totally dismiss them, right? Because that, that's not good. Um, mm. 
do, do, do the friendships have to be held in check where like, if you're the friend with that person, you basically do what you did and you're like, some days I'll listen and some days I won't. I and think they, I really ad- admire people who have kids. If you have kids, don't, it's don't, like you don't have admire a too much, buddy. Well, it's like you have a pass from these people. You're like, you, you don't need, you don't ever need to be around these people because you can always say, sorry, I got my, you know, like you have the best excuse in the world. Oh, that, that, uh, so and, you're onto something there. Kids were the COVID excuse before COVID. If you notice now, <laughs> anything that's wrong, people drop COVID. It's just like the, the mic yeah. has been, the mic has been dropped and everything's excused, you know? Yeah. Whether you're late on a payment or you, you missed an appointment or, you know, you accidentally left a little bit of shit on the floor after you're done in the toilet. Oh, fuck, <laughs> man. COVID. Really COVID. Nice. And, and, and it's amazing how people accept that, which is such bullshit that everything is COVID related. But um, kids, kids preceded COVID. It used to just be like, I got kids. That's why. Hey, um, you dropped out for like uh two seconds there. So I missed the last sentence. Oh, no, no, it's, um, I don't recall exactly, but it had to do with, with kids and COVID, you know, COVID was the, was the kids now the catch all excuse, but for those with kids, it, it's always been kids, you know, anything that uh, takes place, you just, oh God, it's, you know, my kids. And, and I do notice if other people have kids, I get a pass all the fucking time. Yeah. Like, it's pretty amazing. Like in my, in my job, I just, no matter what happens, you know, and I'll be like, oh man, I can't, I, I, sorry, I can't make it now because of my kids. Oh yeah. But the catch is if the other person doesn't have kids, they don't have empathy. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're like really young and they aspire to have kids, but if they've already passed kind of childbearing years um, and, yeah. they don't, and they don't have kids, there's like, there's a matter of fact, it's the opposite. They almost like want to come at you more. Um, ah. So don't fall in with that camp. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. <laughs> did you uh, did you wipe uh, it? By the way, I have. Yes, right, thank good. you. And I'm wearing pants. Did you, uh, you. Did, did you manage not to flush? Because uh, that was very quiet. <laughs> it's very hard. I mean, you, can't, you you almost need like a special audio equipment to to hide the fact that you just flushed. Does that mean your turd just waiting for you to get off the call here? Sometimes that happens and you just got to remember it. The worst is when you don't remember it. And like a day later, you discover it there. Yeah. Or a guest comes over. Um, <laughs> it might be the only benefit of a guest wearing a mask in your house. That's true. Do you, some of your guests do that? Uh, <laughs> you know, since COVID, we don't really have anybody in the house. Oh, I guess, yeah. I guess we, we pretty much follow the, uh, the rules, so to speak. Um, Although there's been there's been people like we just had the grandparents they uh, they passed the test to come in, um, so once once they're in the house though I don't find that I find it's almost so awkward that people aren't wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. I was in a uh, like a, working in real estate. It's since we've been doing it through this whole pandemic, everyone's used to wearing masks. Um, but I went to view a property the other day that was outside of a transaction, and the people didn't have a mask on, and I actually. Even though I don't wear it in the street, I wear it inside the building. And I had it on and they, and they didn't have it on. And they, they immediately were like, looked at me like, oh, he's one of them. And oh, then they boy. Go, and, and then they go, oh, oh yeah, let me go uh, get my mask. And they like did this like motion around their house looking for something to put over their face. Um, what so was I, your reaction? You know, it was one of those great therapeutic moments where I've learned to be more in touch with myself. I, um, 
I, I think I used to care more about image uh, than I realized I did. And so in, in order to fit in, um, right, I would normally just, I would take it off. Like, I'm not wearing a mask, I'm not going to wear it. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm in this thought process now of, I'm part of like a, a bigger organism because of my kids um, and my kids are in school. And so if I get it, like it just affects everything with them and then their class. Um, and so it's like, it's like, it forces me to be more conscientious of others, which is the whole point they say of wearing a mask. It's like, you're considering everyone else, not yourself. Um, yeah. But in the past, I would have just considered not even myself, but the need to fit in. Right. Like, you know, I, I think on a philosophical level, we're, uh, let's see if I can formulate it, but I think, I think we're like touching on different edges here because the, the, what you're saying about, you know, the original, like if you look at the Asian countries and why people there put on masks, yeah. in theory, it's not about protecting themselves, but it's about protecting the other people who are with them. So, uh, but what was interesting about what you just said was that the reason why you kept the mask on was not because you necessarily cared about those two people without the mask, you were caring about your family. So it was still about your organism there. Correct. Yeah, you're, 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 you know you're, you're what right. I'm saying? Yeah, I, I can I can admit that. That's true. I didn't. Yeah, I, I yeah my my because this just happened the other day. Like my my mental um, trajectory was not oh shit, like you know I'm not concerned about getting these people sick or not if they're not. It, it was almost like tit for tat though because like well they don't care if they get me sick so fuck it why should I care if I get them sick? It was really mm -hmm. yeah it, it was true but there was a selfishness to it. It was all about kind of my, uh, my family. Yeah. I think there's, there's gotta be more stuff written on this because, um, you know, you, you see in, in both Asian countries and, and a lot of Africa, um, you know, really low COVID rates. Yeah, that's true. You know, very low. And I, and I think, you know, they've, they've talked about, um, customs, right. Um, as well as leadership, um, initial efforts, but I think there's a lot in the culture that has to do with this. Um, and sort of, I think, caring about others, or at least caring about what others think, um, you know, in America, where that is the complete opposite of our culture, right? We are, without a doubt, the most, you know, egocentric of, you know, world, you know, global cultures. Yeah. Um, and you see a place like Brazil, which isn't much different than American attitude, um, you know, very similar in that sense. Mm -hmm. um, so, with that being said, I decided to make some mask jokes. Have you done mask jokes in a foreign language? In a foreign language? Yeah. So you, I mean, you, well, you speak a couple of languages. So I, I uh, yeah, so I, so, so Spanish is pretty much my, probably my preferred second language um, with Portuguese slipping further and further down the third, um, number third spot. And uh, I was in a, a building where they were doing a lot, uh, they were doing a lot of renovation, kind of gutting it. And so the people doing that work are almost entirely Spanish speaking, usually Mexican. Um, and so I thought I, I would joke with them and, and I kept, and, but with a mask on, it's like hard to hear. If you notice that, like people sound sort of muffled. Yeah. It's really hard to hear. Yeah. And you feel bad because you want to be like, can you just take your mask off so I can hear you? But then you've like defeated the purpose of wearing the mask. So I, I, I told the guy, my, I love to joke in Spanish to see how long it takes to, to have effect. Because at first, when you speak a second language, they don't even know if you're speaking their language, right? So they're like, is this yeah. guy speaking my language? 
they're not getting the benefit of the doubt that you're that you can make any kind of wordplay in their language. Totally, yeah, and it's uh, it's very satisfying when you pull it off. You ever pulled off yeah. like a like a, oh, Dutch, yeah. a Dutch joke? Oh, it's amazing! It's amazing. Doesn't yeah. it feel so good to be like, fuck, man, I just made someone laugh in another language. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it kind of really hurts when like you're like going at it like again and again, and like they're <laughs> just not laughing. <laughs> It's 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 like your Gallagher performing to millennials or something. You're you're you're, you're just fucked. And like anything you do, or maybe Stephen Wright would have been a better analogy. I don't, I don't get it. Why why is watermelon being crushed supposed to be funny? Why do I need plastic over me? This is, this is total environmental waste. Yeah, this is terrible for the environment. Why does he just keep hitting the fucking fruit? We, this should be this should be given to the homeless people outside the theater, <laughs> and they're like getting up and like collecting it all in in the plastic that's covering them from getting wet. <laughs> they miss half the show because they're outside serving their splattered watermelon to the homeless people. Um, Poor Gallagher, he must yeah. have these shows a lot. He's probably he's probably got a podcast somewhere. <laughs> called uh, One Crazy Man and a Watermelon. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so the, the joke I made, I, I thought was awesome because I'm imagining, you know, you're, you're working hard. The guy's on a ladder, like, like taking down part of the ceiling. He's wearing a mask because he fucking has to from the dust. Um, and here I am, clearly accented Spanish. And, and the joke I'm making using a Mexican slang for the word is, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is a fart mask. And isn't it good because the person I'm with who, who owned the building that the guys were working for, he farts all the time. Can you say that in Spanish? Which I thought was really fucking funny to like be a guy in a ladder and hear this white guy saying it. Um, sure. Can you say it in Spanish? Okay, yeah. yeah. Mira, mi, mi mascarilla contra pedos, porque aquí es mi, mi gran amigo. Él tiene un gran problema con los pedos. Siempre él está haciendo pedos. Muy, muy peligroso y, y, y terrible. Um, wow. So I just so learned I'm, some new words. Does, so does this mean that pedophile in Spanish means a person who likes to fart a lot? It is weird how they have the same route, but the, the, um, <laughs> the, the word I use for fart is actually Mexican slang for fart, which is, uh, which is, which is pedo, pedo. And they even have an expression it's a like... onomatopoeia there. Yeah. <laughs> they even have an expression called que pedo that's like literally means like, oh my God, what a fart. But they use it just to like say like, whoa, look at that thing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's possible he was a Guatemalan or a different Central American uh, country, but he, he didn't get it. And I thought it was, I, I was like, this is so, I was so proud of myself. Like this is like the hubris kicking in. So I repeated it literally three different times. And then he laughed, but I felt like he gave me the fake laugh. Mm. I felt like he gave me the kind of thing like when, when people are not really speaking whatever language you speak very well and you just keep saying yes, yes, like you understand them, but you really I mean, don't. I mean, now the question is, was it funny? Was it really funny? <laughs> I still, I think in context, in context only, I think it's funny when, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the random white man walking through the house that you assume doesn't speak Spanish is telling you he's wearing a fart mask because the owner who's paying you has a farting problem. I do think it's funny. But this is it. Now we're getting to the core 
of the empathy when when uh, when you when you use humor it here because you're seeing a completely different context than what he would be seeing. So you're saying, I wish this guy could like go to a higher level of abstraction and appreciate the fact that this waspy looking guy in front of him is, you know, saying things with so much street cred in a foreign language. <laughs> but maybe this guy is just like, I don't know. I love that you just called your semi-friend here waspy looking. Perhaps you're thinking <laughs> I'm taking over traits of my spouse. That was um, my first impression of you. <laughs> that one day I dropped the bomb. I too am a son of Abraham. Um, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, it's it's clearly a problem. Uh, this this need to be um, appreciated and liked. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I sometimes go back and forth. Like I justify with, I, I really want other people to feel good. Like I, I feel making them laugh. I'm part of like a community of positivity. That, that's honestly my argument. Um, and I failed and I don't know when I'll see this guy again, but I'd like to make it up to him and tell him it's okay that he didn't laugh. Mm. Um, but I mean, this, you know, back to all these different, you know, tangents with masks and, and COVID and, and laughing and, and people and humanity, I'm really struggling with masks because they're stripping us of our humanity. Now, I totally get why they're needed in unventilated spaces, indoor spaces, or even if you're- But not outside. Not outside, and we're not in close proximity. I mean, if you're in close proximity to someone for a while, like science pretty much says you, you should have a mask on. But, you know, if you're in a park, like on an end of park benches or whatever, what I'm noticing, like, and you're, you're walking a lot. You told me before you're walking, you know, 10 kilometers a day. So you've got to be thinking about this. There is something about seeing someone else's face that brings about emotions in you. Some of them negative, some of them positive, some of them neutral, but they bring emotions. And I feel with, with the mask on, it's like, it's like things I've witnessed in some communist countries. Um, it, it's like there's a lack, or, or even in, in some conservative uh, Muslim countries, at least among women, there's just a lack of anything. It's like walking through a void. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, totally. You know, you, you have to get very good at reading eyeballs and it's possible. And, <laughs> and I talked to the, the cashier when I went food shopping yesterday. She actually told me she's getting better at it because I was making all, I love making jokes with cashiers. I live for fucking with cashiers. I feel like no one pays them attention. They're rude to them. They're on their phone with them. And I always like to just mess with them and talk about stuff they see at work and blah, blah, blah. And it's really hard because they can't see any of my facial expressions. Yeah, they can't tell if you're making a joke or if you're being serious. Yeah, so now I have to say every fucking time, I'm kidding. Yeah. Hey, listen to this. Yeah. Um, but what's really killing me, like, do you notice, on, I don't know about Amsterdam, the, the amount of people that are wearing masks, but on the north side of Chicago, you know, in all these progressive neighborhoods, one of which I live, there's so much what's being known as like virtue signaling that like people wear a mask like in their fucking car. They wear a mask to go out on their front porch. They wear a mask to walk down a totally uncrowded, you know, sidewalk. Um, and I feel like you're not letting people know what's good about being a human, right? Like we all know the fucking shit we've done to this earth and we are our own demise and we are fucking ruining the planet and many other bad things that humans are part of. Um, but we also make each other feel good. You know, like seeing an attractive person makes you feel good inside. You know, Absolutely, see, yeah. see, seeing someone that looks fucking weird makes you think like, oh, shit, I wonder how they got that way. 
you know, seeing somebody sad sometimes can make you feel like, oh man, like, God, I wonder what happened. And definitely seeing someone smile, we know this from fucking study after study, makes you feel good. You know, a simple smile just makes someone, and I, it's like never fucking talked about in all these articles I read on COVID, um, why there's not a balance struck between the two. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, the so, there's so much about masks will save us as opposed to a balance, you know, uh, dialogue about where masks are beneficial and where you can probably get away without wearing them. Um, anyway, that's my harangue. What have you noticed from your walks in terms of how this plays out? Well, I can notice things that go through my mind. So, you know, I'm very aware of like when people are walking too close or whatever, or when they're not like, they don't seem to think about the, you know, the, 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 the environment, they're very focused on themselves. I try to create space. So, so just to go back to this empathy thing, like it's, it's, it's constant, right? It's like something that I, I see and think about. And I guess it means that it's hard, harder for me to lose myself in whatever a situation. Cause I always have this, um, always thinking about what's around me. Uh, people, by the way, here are now wearing more face masks than uh, okay. when we started the show. Uh, uh, in the supermarkets, I'd say it's about 80 or 90% of the people now wearing uh, face masks, myself okay. as well. I just joined the crew. I didn't lead this. Uh, and uh, Wait, so stores, and, aren't, stores aren't requiring it there? Like there's not big signs like must wear a mask to enter? Uh, no, they have. Um, yeah, so the Dutch, are, the Dutch are very, I think, uh, practical like you know if they come up with a rule they also think well how are we going to enforce this rule mm. and a lot of times the answer is like we can't enforce this rule so we really got to ask for people to buy into this in some way we got to present them with the best arguments and then uh, really convince them and hope that they buy into it so i'd say this is a country that you know there have been some issues with finding people like in the summer months in the early days of this but it's pretty much compared to other countries. Like it's been like, you're on your own and, you know, try not to hurt other people. Uh, there's also a tradition of, you know, we live close together. We, the Dutch live close together in close proximity of each other pretty much the entire time because of the, the type of land that's here and the way that villages and cities are, are built. So, you know, there's a lot of awareness on one hand about the other and on the other hand about, God damn it, these are my rights. You know, like whatever your bubble is, is a very important bubble. Uh, so I would say the face mask is, uh, is, is, is definitely prevalent uh, outdoors, uh, a lot less. Maybe I'd say around uh, 5 to 10% of the people outdoors are wearing face masks. Oh, but, that's uh, nice. indoors yeah it's super nice so you can so, still see expressions that's and cool, I think that's a beautiful thing there's a lot of cute dutch girls and i'm sure as you're <laughs> walking it's it's really nice to 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 see one and fantasize a little bit move on to the next one um that's cool well i'm glad the dutch have remained uh, practical although the issue still you bring practical. up the issue you bring up about uh, my rights i mean this is a fundamental american issue at its head um that Trump exploited. And so now you have, you know, half the country doesn't give a shit. They think COVID's not real. Um, yeah, so, so when you were at the, these clients uh, or the transaction thing that you were talking about, I'm not exactly sure what that means in real estate terms. You said it was like an outside transaction or something. Um, 
Oh yeah, What's no. So ba basically, it wasn't a. Um, I, I wasn't showing a property to a, a buyer, um, or was I? Was I? You know, was I? Was I showing someone's house? I was selling. Somebody just wanted me to look at their property and give them an idea. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay, you know, so these what, were people you were not affiliated with. Correct. And somehow ended up in the same space together, uh, and then this thing happened. Uh, like, was do you think the first judgment that both sides made, yourself and them, was? I know who this person voted for. <laughs> you know, what, what's funny though, in Chicago, you know, it's so Democrat here. I mean, I, yeah. I, I make Trump jokes religiously and I, I never can offend anybody because there's no one that supports him. So, you know, based on the household I was in and the people I met, no way they were, uh, they were Trump supporters. But I think there are people that just are like, they probably feel like, I don't have it. And he probably, yeah, maybe they're overly trusting. I, I'm not sure the reason. Um, but yeah, they, they, in this case, they were not. Um, now, for example, though, I, I happen to have sold someone's house early in the pandemic when no one knew anything like, I don't know, in the springtime. And uh, we were under a lockdown here. So most people weren't seeing any other human beings. And when I went to this guy's house, he he went to shake my hand and you know, no one was shaking hands. People still don't shake hands, you know, and he didn't have a mask, you know, and, and, and he was my client and I hadn't seen him in a long time. Uh, Cause I was just getting ready to, to sell the house. And it was, it was really awkward, man, to like, and I didn't stand up for myself. I didn't, I didn't back away. I, I did what I, my, um, you know, my fail safe was I wanted to like fit in. So, the best I could do is I was very conscious of my hand. So I, you know, I washed it when I left. Um, and I, I kept trying to back up from him when he got close to me, <laughs> like without him knowing it, like I was trying my best to keep like, what was the minimum maximum distance from him without him being like, what's this guy doing? Um, and it turned, and it turned out the guy who total freak, like became like a huge QAnon follower. Um, oh, wow. Big Trumper. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been listening to right-wing radio. God, since shortly after Trump got elected, because I, I was convinced there was another side of the story. Like, all we hear is such anti-Trump that I'm like, there's got to be other positions on this. Um, and so it's been a really interesting experience the last few years. And so when this guy spoke, he spoke literally word for word what they say on conservative talk radio. Yeah. But then it made me think, God, maybe everyone else I meet is speaking word for word what they read at the New York Times, which is not far from the truth. Right. You know, so it, that whole thought experiment has been really fascinating because, you know, I, I even look at, you know, people I know closely and I'm like, why are they all saying the same shit? And I realize because they're all getting the same like articles passed around, the same news feeds, all that bullshit. Um, yeah. So what does all this mean? There's a, a lack of critical thinking out there. <laughs> So, 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 ma so masking. So is that the thing so, you miss the most? The smiles? I do, man. I, I mean, do, I mean, imagine on your long walks you're taking, you're, you're walking, you know, 10 kilometers a day if all you saw were masks. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. It's fucking I, depressing, I, man. And, yeah. and, and, um, and, and, you know, and I found I, I can, you can still chat people up, like people will talk, but it's, I don't know. It's just not the same. And, and I do notice like once you're engaged in a conversation for a little while, you do sort of forget that they're wearing a mask. Um, but I'm, it's more of those momentary events, like, you know, when you're walking mm -hmm. and passing people. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I miss the, uh, I miss the smiles. Um, and, and the ability to joke with people. Like I, I, I love joking with people. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Is there therapy for that? Maybe one of those uh, uh, transparent, you know, like welder masks could work. I tried one. So, so someone gave me one of those as a gift like months ago. Have you and? put one on? Oh, dude. It's, no. You ever seen those, the dogs, when they get the weird surgery? They wear, they <laughs> it's cone. like they, that. Yeah. It's, it's like, like wearing a cone. Yeah. It's, as you imagine that dog feels, that's how I felt. That was like uh. this big, awkward fucking thing. Um, and the only people I see wear them are in... Um, certain indoor environments like i've been to the dentist they wear them like mm-hmm. over their over their mask um right some, some types of shops uh yeah i don't know it's but that would what the one thing i'll tell you what is, is working this is very small pins um buttons with your face on it yeah i don't know if you've seen that there but uh, our kids schools do, does it and uh, all the teachers have oh so they the, have a pin that yep. shows what their face would look like without the mask. Exactly. It's a very large button that they wear somewhere on their, on their shirt or jacket. And uh, yeah, and it's actually kind of cool because I don't know, there's something conceptually about it that works. What about, I mean, I'm sure that's out there. I just haven't seen it. But what about just uh, personal mouths, like, uh, <laughs> like a, a, a photo of what the area that the mask is not showing would look like? So I, I see, I've seen I've seen some people have these creative masks, and it it almost looks worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you know it's America, right? So everybody like there's 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 no one mask. Like there's every fucking imaginable mask out there, um, and they it's almost like the more ostentatious or like design oriented you make it, the worse it kind of makes you. Um, mm. It's like the best ones seem to be the ones that are a bit lower cut. So they show a little bit of cheekbone um, and sort of a neutral color. Mm-hmm. But yeah I've, yeah, I've seen some of those that show the mouth or, or that almost they have like, they almost look clear. <laughs> but then it looks like that person's like some serial murderer who's going to rape me or something. Yeah, right. Like they got the pantyhose over the face, but they only cut <laughs> out one part of it. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that's, that's, appreciate. that's all I, I'd like to say. That's all I'm asking for. Everything else I'll live with. But let me see some people's faces again. You know, uh-huh. and I don't know about Amsterdam, but like in Chicago, you know, eating in restaurants, bars, like all that shit's done. Um, yeah. Here too for, uh, for the time being. I think they might announce uh, like reopening of uh, spaces tonight. Uh, but uh for the last couple of weeks, we've, we've gone back to, you know, clo- kind of a closure with takeaway and uh, supermarkets only. Yeah. It's been, has, it, has it been like, do you have the same thing going on there? Like where people here are acting like super appreciative of, uh, uh, you know, delivery drivers and like, um, you know, like food, 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 uh, supermarket uh, employees. I don't know if it's as extreme as the States, but uh, no. <laughs> we, you know, we, we, we're like such a funny culture, man, to like see some of the things um, that like we'll, we'll find out about something and we'll do it to the extreme, but we don't put any thought into like how, what the eff- efficacy of it is. So in other words, like some of the big COVID things have been um, taking temperatures 
and um, and cleaning, like really deep cleans. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and you can find some good studies out there that are showing that all the cleaning is sort of over the top and unnecessary. You know, not that you shouldn't have a somewhat sanitary conditions like you always would, but that COVID is not being spread through like contact transmission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, entire cities are shutting down or, or, or spending tens of millions of dollars on, you know, cleaning infrastructure, um, you know, and school cl- deep cleanings and all this shit. Uh, and it's, you know, stores are obsessed with telling you how well they clean. Like, you know, that's how you're going to get COVID. Right. Um, I guess uh, it's about sharing as much information as you can. doesn't matter if it's important or not. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, well, it's what happened here. Everything to me relates to what happened back. Uh, were you here in 2001 uh, after the, the, the World Trade Center and the, 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 the September 11th? Um, yeah, I was. The, yeah, so the, the country's answer to that was Homeland Security, which anyone who's gone to the airport is like a total fucking joke, you know, because they do these tests every year and there's always people who are able to smuggle stuff past them. Um, yeah. But it makes people feel a lot safer. And yep. then, you know, the Bush administration would argue, well, and as they do today, well, look, we haven't had any attacks, so clearly it's working, which is, a, you know, a weird way to use the logic. Um, but we, we don't want to deal with the intricacies of what may, what may cause uh, these problems. We just want to look at like a big, big surface item. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's not talk anyway. about this shit anymore. Let's, let's wrap it up with something positive. What, 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 yeah. is, your, what is your plan for the, uh, I think it's nighttime there. So for tomorrow, what, what, what do you think you're going to be able to do to keep yourself a little more connected to your physical self? Wow, great question. I, I guess part of it is, is thinking of systemic things that I can do Systemic. Did you use that word yes, before a year I ago? I did. I, I think so. I think so. I, this is actually the one year anniversary of me using this word. Um, I guess the idea is like, you know, if I think in order to change your habit, if you make something part of, you know, a, a systemic way of how you approach things, if it's part of your routine, then you're more likely to, to change that habit. So for me, uh, one of my sort of rules is that every day I try to meet at least one real person, not, not through a screen. Okay. Uh, so you do not fit the bill uh, for today, but uh, I do appreciate these talks, but it means like actually seeing a smile, actually being around a real person. What did you, what did you meet today? Today, I, I came to my uh, workspace. Okay. So uh, there are a few people that are here that I uh, had uh, very brief conversations with, but it still counts. Oh, so, um, so, so the rule the rule's not a new person, just any human being. Oh, any human being. Okay. People that I know, mostly people I know, actually. And, um, and then, yeah, and then t- so tomorrow I have a walk planned with somebody who I know. So we have a walk for like an hour in the middle of the day, which means... Okay. Uh, as much sun as you're you're gonna get here um that's about it and then uh, i think that all automatically puts me in the walking category so i'm i'm doing something with my body as opposed to just with my brain and uh and yeah and that's a great question because i i think i could do more but uh, i'm definitely doing that hey what about you you know this and you can do it but all of us can do more 
<laughs> I, I sometimes find that as helpful as that is, it's also hurtful because yeah, it's, yeah, you're, you're basically right. you're basically telling something, and 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 it's a premise, you know, pretty much of like of of Eastern philosophy and maybe even to a degree Western religions. But uh, you're never get, you're never going to achieve nirvana. You know, you you've got to you can always do more. Um, but I argue the you, other I argue the other yeah. way, man. Whatever you're doing is just fine. That's nice. And, and I where think did, that's what, a better approach. Where did I develop that philosophy? From ecstasy. That's right. <laughs> so when, true. When you're it's doing so ecstasy, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's the best that's thing right. in the world. Uh, it's the best. Anything. So true. So I want all, all of our listeners out there who are suffering from some <laughs> depression, whether it be COVID related or not, I don't think it's very high in Polynesia. Um, just remember, whatever you're doing with the coconut right now, it's totally fine. <laughs> Get it out of there. No, get it out of there. <laughs> a little to the left, please. A little more to the left. There you go. That feels good. Um, you know, I, this is strange. I also have a, a walk planned for tomorrow. That's like one of my new, uh, my new COVID things to meet up with people since the cafes and restaurants and bars aren't happening. Um, yeah. At the, uh, at the same time you do, it sounds like, with someone we mutually know who's involved in the same type of business that you are. Oh, nice. Say hi yeah. to Mr. R. Yeah. R.S. The last time I saw him, uh, which has been months ago, um, the, it was warmer outside. And so there was a, a bar, a brewery that had outdoor tables. So, so we sat at the table, kind of roughly four to six feet apart somehow, like diagonally across the table talking. And, uh, and he had a, uh, he brought his own bottle of uh, sanitizer with him. Ah, yeah. And this, this is fucked. This is fucked up, man. This is when I think about like improper information out there and no leadership. And we were at a, a table that in the middle of the day, there was not another person, this entire patio. Um, we had one beer and at least every five minutes or so, give or take, he put a squirt of sanitizer's hand and did his hands. Yeah. And it, and it, and it sickened me. And so I brought it up to him and he's like, I know. He's like, I just can't help it. It's an OCD thing. Yeah, but he never did that before. Um, right. And it was so crazy. To, like, Have you ever seen this shit in person? Like somebody do that? Like someone you know and you trust and you respect. Um, and it's like he knew he was doing it. And, and he also knew it couldn't have been practical. Like once you've done it once, like you're clean. Like it wasn't like he got up and went to the bathroom and did it and then went out to the car or something. Like I, I get how somebody might think to do that. But no, he was sitting at the same table the whole time. Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. And, and at the same, I almost felt like you ever watch, like you said, you, I mean, we know you eat really fast, but you ever seen someone truly gluttonous who can like, Oh yeah. Put down like two fucking pies of pizza and it like makes you oh, yeah. sick. It yep. was like that. Like I felt nauseous. Like, Oh wow. my God, like that amount of sanitizer could kill somebody. So they're kind of dis they, in a similar fashion. They're disconnected yeah. from this thing there. They lost track of the original intention. Which probably brings us full circle to not being connected to your physical body. There we go. Scene. That was the plan all along. And see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You have anything you want to say to our listeners before we sign off? No, just thank you for uh, thank you for your presence. Thank you for uh, being part of this. See you. See you next week. Get your thing out of the goddamn coconut, please. Yeah, yeah. Watch out for that. You Bye -bye. don't want to get coconut AIDS. <laughs> <laughs>